0: Welcome to the Talent Talk with Robert Walters podcast, where we speak to business
1: leaders around the globe to bring you the latest trends and insights from the world of work.
0: Welcome to another one of our Talent Talks with Robert Walters podcast, recording on a Sunday, Friday morning, coming from our home offices. Today's podcast takes a different take I'm collaborating with Chris Pinner from InnerFit in a series of four podcasts where we'll be covering the return to office from a mental health and well-being perspective, the challenges faced by leaders and employees, and potential solutions going forward. My name is Steve Church, a consultant on our qualified finance desk, and I'm joined by Chris, founder of InnerFit in 2016, advising firms on the impact of well-being on morale and productivity. Morning, Chris. How are you?
1: Hi, Steve. Very well, thanks.
0: How are you? Yeah, yeah, really well, thank you. Um, So this topic is really at the heart of companies at the moment. And um, from my work as a recruiter, I guess I see it from the candidate and client side, whilst from yourself, more from the employer and employee side. So from your work recently, are you getting a sense that workers are ready to go back? And just from the work that you've kind of been doing with your clients recently?
1: (laughs) I think it's a mixed bag would be the the honest response. I mean, just just to frame things a little bit, I suppose, uh, in a fit, we believe if you feel well, you work well. So that thread is going to run through what we're talking about today, I think. Um, And I think whether people are ready or not to go back is kind of linked to that and how we feel about it, uh, whether we're anxious, whether we're excited. Um, And what we're seeing even this week, I was thinking about how best to start this conversation and I thought well actually this week uh, if I think about what we've done we kicked off Monday talking to a technology company um, about mental health and conversations around that topic Uh, we've working with the NHS literally now we've spoken to a global consulting company global communications company um, a bank yesterday we were part of their away day so talking about motivation structure and boundaries and also uh, frontline lessons and resilience uh, a fashion company as well so from What we've observed with just companies in this week, I think it's a mixed bag. I think some people in the chat function, for example, are saying like, are really excited. Um, Others are saying words like overwhelmed, um, stressed, overworked, tired, fatigued. All of these words are coming out more in the mental health focus sessions. We ask people to use two words to describe how they're feeling at this moment in time. So I think anecdotally, just from what we've seen this week, I think people are thinking about it, but actually, like right now, a lot of them are just feeling a bit tired and a bit fatigued and a bit overwhelmed, to be honest with you. And I think that that's normal. I think we're talking about an, over a year and a half now, where we've, well, close to a year and a half where we've been working from home. And I think there's just that lack of connection, that lack of motivation. And, and naturally, we all we'll go through dips and peaks. Um, but I think that's, that's me hedging my bets on the answer to that question, Steve.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like it's a combination of kind of like, like you say, feeling overworked from the environment that we kind of went into at the start of the pandemic. And now, like you say, kind of having that um, other element of being overwhelmed about the thoughts of going back to work, I suppose, and uh, sort of returning to office and the, uh, the potential sort of physical return to work and how that will work
1: yeah that's it and I think um, I'll flow through that conversation I mean the away day yesterday that we did with the bank um, was initially attempting to be a kind of hybrid there were going to be people encouraged to join up as a group and and be part of a team tuning in from a conference room or or co-working space that kind of thing Um, in reality everyone was still at their desk in their lounge type thing or in their study. So um, I think for all of the talk about return to work, and obviously for some companies that started a long time ago, many people have have been in the office throughout. The communications company I mentioned have got engineers and operatives sitting in front of screens, like making sure that adverts come up at the right time. So they've had to be on site literally from the word go. Um, Fashion company I was talking about, people have been going in two days a week there Uh, for a while now so um, I think there are definite exceptions to the the general statement that I think actually companies are still figuring this all out and I think leaders are still figuring this all out and so employees are figuring this all out if we think about it organization leader employee kind of level um, that's that's where I'm at with it and at an organizational level what we're seeing is is not necessarily the clearest remote working policies uh, we're seeing some company, and bearing in mind the people we work with are often heads of HR, head of people, well-being leader type. Um, we're seeing companies start to figure out what their remote working policy is.
0: Yeah, and I think it, um, it echoes from what you were just saying about, um, I suppose, there's, there's not a lot of people that are actually back in the office yet. And from sort of a poll that I was sort of running the other day, I think it was saying there was about... 55% of people said that they were still working from home. And then I think it was less than 10% that said they were back in the office five days a week. So that kind of echoes the sentiment that A, companies are still working working this out and B, I don't think a lot of employees or candidates know what's going on. And I think that might be in addition to that kind of level of overwhelm. This is that kind of, um, that sentiment of the unknown, I suppose
1: yeah and we all know we know we don't like ambiguity do we as uh, as humans and I think change even if it's positive and I, I'm a believer that going back into work will be positive because human connection is so important I think the longest ever study into human happiness found that uh, relationships like quality and quantity of relationships was the key thread that led to a good life versus a less happy life so I think net net it's going to be positive but does involve change and we know that humans can get a little bit scared of change particularly in the context of health and everything that's just happened and the risks that might be associated with going back so yeah I, I definitely think the results that you just spoke about I think resonate with what I've heard from the, the companies we're working with at the moment
0: yeah absolutely um and I think we'll cover it a bit more in the sort of future episodes to come but it's quite interesting about how the uh, the level of um perception of sort of mental health and well-being has increased a lot since um since we went into this remote working scenario and I think it'll be interesting to get your takes sort of of coming up around whether it's just been amplified now and whether that's going to continue once we get back into that sort of office working environment
1: Hmm. yeah I I I think that's for people listening I suppose if you are in a leadership role or you are in a people related role Uh, and frankly if you're just part of the team and you're looking out for your colleagues like it's an important question um, because right at the start of this when mental health and well-being really skyrocketed to the top of skyrocketed to the top of the agenda it's really positive obviously and a few people at that moment were already thinking ahead a year or so thinking okay is this going to be something that sticks can we sustain this level of interest and and commitment to health and well-being and mental health and uh, we had this crowd solving session which you were a part of Steve obviously um, earlier in the week and that question was raised again like are we going to make it stick and I think that's going to be the choice that's going to be the choice that's facing companies and team leaders and teammates over the coming months is, um, is was all of this talk And yes, there's a huge amount of awareness been raised, but are we intent on backing it up with action? And are we going to commit to, for example, having uh, well-being as a strategic objective in managers' one-to-ones? Like, are we going to say, guys, each month, well-being needs to feature in your one-to-ones with your team? Uh, You need to have a mental health action plan in place. Like we spoke about remote working policy, but does your company have a mental health policy? Um, do you have mental health first aiders? Do you have a well-being stream which connects the employees with the group of well-being champions and senior leadership? All, I think all of these questions, if you were to write down a big checklist of the 10 things we want to do as a company for our collective mental health and well-being, like where are you on that journey? Um, I know we, we'll talk about this later on as well, but it's nice to think of it as, as a spectrum I think, I guess, at one end of the spectrum, you've got a toxic culture. You've got one which doesn't recognize the importance of feeling well so that you work well, and it doesn't have a mental health policy and and champions network. At the other end, you've got companies that are very clear on the structure and boundaries they're putting in place. Uh, They're very clear on the mental health policy, and they've really embedded this culture of well-being. So if you're listening to this, wondering where you fit on that spectrum. um, Definitely put some thought into it because ultimately people and companies that fall behind, I think are gonna lose out from a talent perspective. Um, The communications company I mentioned earlier um, said they've definitely heard rumblings of of people wanting to leave, even if the benefits package is strong. Uh, We know that even two years ago before the pandemic, I think it was 50%, 52% of millennials would uh, go to a company that valued well-being, even if it paid 10% more. So I think that that's only gonna have been exaggerated. So if you can get up that spectrum, I think it's in your your business's interests, frankly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I'll uh, just say the crowd solving event that you had sort of earlier in the week was absolutely brilliant. Um, I think just hearing, having an open forum for people to discuss how they're approaching it. And just for people to know that, they're not alone and not necessarily knowing what to do and getting other people's ideas is um yeah it's it's really important sort of going forward to sort of participate in things like that so i'd encourage anyone that wants to do that just to kind of get in touch but um i think that sets the scene quite nicely for what we're going to go into kind of in episode two, so that'll bring us to the end um, in this sort of in this first episode um, around this return to office. Um, but please do join us next time when we'll be discussing different approaches and thoughts from a leadership perspective as well. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Chris.